leadership has always been challenging, but today the pressures and unrelenting changes are greater than ever before. Leaders must manage an increasingly complex work environment made up of both remote and hybrid teams. To add to that, many team members are facing economic health and family care demands. So leaders have to be even more flexible and creative in order to be effective. We know that energized and engaged people and teams are the lifeblood of every organization. I'm Leanne Rogers, host of Leading Better Teams, and I arm leaders with everything you need to build happy and high-performing teams, all served up with empathy, humor, and a dash of Southern charm. Join me each month as I share the most effective and actionable insights, models, tips, and tools to help you lead better teams. Let's get started. Do you ever feel like you're falling behind? Like others are miles ahead of you. And no matter what you do, you just can't keep up. Well, I think we all feel this way sometimes, right? That's what inspired me to deliver this podcast for you today. The reason we feel sometimes like we're falling behind is there's so much to do. There's so much change. Technology is evolving at warp speeds. Look at all the things that have happened just in the last year in our world. It's really impossible to keep up with everything all of the time. So that's why we feel often like we are falling behind and we feel stressed and afraid of what this means for us. You know, what does this mean for me? How is this going to impact me or my business or my team? And so it's a normal and natural phenomena to feel like you're falling behind. Let's call it FOFB for fear of falling behind. And yet, it's not a very pleasant place to be. So today in this podcast, I'm going to help you think through, if you ever feel like you're falling behind, what can you do about it? How can you work your way through that to put yourself into a more positive space so that you don't feel that way? I'm Leanne Rogers, and this is the Leading Better Teams podcast. My feeling about falling behind is what prompted this podcast. I felt this in a significant way twice in the last year. And let me tell you a little bit about them. So, you know, we know COVID started in the U.S. in early 2020. And I can remember when it all kind of really started to hit for me, I was scheduled to fly to San Diego and be at an event the week of March the 2nd. There were leaders literally flying in from around the world for this really large event. I was super excited to go, not only for the event, but I was going to fly up the weekend before and, and visit a friend of mine, had it all planned. And literally... The day before I was supposed to fly, the event got canceled and I was afraid to even fly out there to visit my friend. Just everything got canceled. And then the next thing I knew over the next couple of weeks, one by one, every workshop, every training, every meeting I was scheduled to facilitate got postponed or canceled. And my calendar just started to get wiped clean. I mean, just wiped clean for the future. It was super overwhelming and scary to me. Like I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I had this entire book of work and suddenly I'm looking at a blank calendar thinking, you know, how am I going to feed my family? I remember during this time, a colleague called me to check in and he was so excited. And he started telling me about he was using this thing called a vibe board and how he was using it. And he was reconnecting with his clients and he was so energized and excited about the opportunities that he saw. 
I realized like he was on a different plane than me. I realized he was so far ahead of me with the way he was thinking about things. And it took me a week or two to process that and to begin to think, I've got to reframe how I think about this. And I've got to jump back on the wagon and figure out what am I going to do about this? Because I am falling behind and this is not serving me. So I started to talk to a lot of people, other facilitators, other leaders. I started getting together with small groups to to learn Zoom and get really skilled in Zoom and, and tools like that. And I even went, worked with a colleague and we revived a course we had written several years before called From Classroom to Virtual, which is a class for people who wanted to take a classroom training and turn it into a virtual training. And so I got really busy doing lots of work and lots of connections and lots of learning. And within weeks, I went from having nothing on my calendar to it being like packed full. Now, at first, it was all project work and meetings and nothing was, you know, bringing in any money for me. But I was learning a whole lot. And before I knew it, like without even realizing, it started to turn into all types of different paid work. So within a few months, I was learning so much that people were coming to me. They were saying, what are you doing and what would you do and how would you do this? They were coming to me and saying, hey, I have an event that was supposed to be in person and I need to make it virtual. Can you help me do that? Can you help me facilitate that? And so all of a sudden, I started to get super busy. And uh, it was like an exciting time and I'm learning and I'm being able to apply all these new things. And all of a sudden, I feel like I'm kind of caught back up. In fact, I felt ahead of a lot of people because I, I feel like I had jumped in so quickly. During this time, I started a membership community that I named Forward. It's an online community for leaders and facilitators who want to build better teams in a virtual environment. We are on a steep learning curve, and we will be, right? We're all learning how to do this um, virtually and, uh, and now starting to figure out how do we do this in a hybrid environment. And so I wanted to create this way for us to get together, share resources, learn together, practice together, and, and build strong virtual and hybrid teams. So before I knew it, you know, I was busy, I was I was productive, I was you know having all kinds of new business opportunities and I just put my head down and started to work. It was a really awesome time. It was actually turned out to be a really amazing year for me. Then all of a sudden, as life will do, last month I looked up and I realized Oh, no, I feel like I'm starting to fall behind again. I've been so busy in the work. I'm certainly learning while I'm working, but I haven't really been proactively learning some things. And I started to feel like other people in my field are really mastering different collaboration tools to be able to use with their clients virtually. So when I say collaboration tool, I mean like Mural or Miro or Klaxoon. There's actually so many collaboration tools that are coming out right now. And I thought... I have not gotten very comfortable in those. I don't really know enough about those to be able to use those well with clients. And these are tools that I find you really have to practice. You've really got to build some skill sets to be able to do it. So I beat myself up for a minute thinking, how did I let this happen? I know other people are ahead and I feel like I'm falling behind again. And then I decided, okay, Leanne, it's time to go back to school, at least metaphorically, right? It's time for me to start figuring out what tool do I like? What do I want to use? And I need to start learning it and using it with clients. So I've been playing around right now with Klaxoon and Mural and kind of trying to figure out what I like about both of them. While I'm still in the learning curve, I'm, I'm starting to learn a lot and start to see the potential. In fact, I actually used Mural with a client last week. It was a client I've worked with for a long time, and she gave me permission to try a new tool, and it went well. And I learned a lot about what to do and what not to do as well. 
But all of this to say, I think this ebb and flow of feeling like we're falling behind is just a normal experience for us as humans, right? We ebb and flow and all of us have a little FOFB from time to time. So what can we do when we feel this way? Well, I'm going to walk you through a four-step process that I think helps me work through these times to kind of get caught back up and feel good about things, right? So the first one is, are you really falling behind? You got to ask yourself, am I really falling behind or am I just having, you know, my own fear and my own insecurities come in here? So you want to be really specific. What is it you think you're falling behind with, right? What is it about? And then you want to test that theory, is it true? Am I really falling behind? And can I prove it? You know, or, or am I just beating myself up and expecting too much and expecting myself to know everything about everything? I'll tell you, as a, I don't know if I can say I'm a recovering achiever. I'm just an achiever. If you do the strengths finders test, I, achiever is a very strong strength of mine. I like to achieve things. I like to feel like I'm, you know, I'm learning and I'm contributing and I'm achieving things. That's important to me. And a lot of leaders have achiever as a strength as well. So achievers tend to compete and compare and sometimes get ulcers, right? Because you're always looking at other people who may be doing something better than you. And you might feel like, oh, can I do that too? Am I keeping up. So we have to, as leaders, really check ourselves and go, are we truly falling behind or are we just putting un- unrealistic expectations on ourselves? And if you're listening to this and thinking, no, I don't feel like I'm falling at all behind right now. Well, then I'd say, woohoo, you know, celebrate this, celebrate this, that you're where you're at and you're, you're in a learning state and you feel like you're in a good place. <music> So it's time for some Better Teams trivia. What do 75% of all super high achievers have in common about their childhoods? Well, the answer is they had some sort of a family burden, right? Some severe problem in their in their childhood or in their family. It might have been poverty. It might have been abuse or an absent parent or alcoholism or some sort of serious illness or other misfortune, right? So something about those experiences in their early childhood created a, something where they're super resilient, right? They're super resilient and they're like going to strive to to overcome all of that. Two examples that you might think of here are Oprah Winfrey and Jim Carrey, and there are countless others. But the idea here is if you're a super achiever, for whatever reason, or just an achiever, you're going to sometimes feel like you're falling behind. Uh, and so just know that you're in good company. And we have to use that as a catalyst to, to like propel ourselves forward and turn it around and learn. So the first step was to ask yourself, are you really falling behind? And let's say you do some analysis work on yourself and you go, you know, I really am. I really am falling behind in this particular area. The second step is to ask yourself, does it really matter? Does it really matter that you're falling behind in that particular thing? Or is your ego just getting in the way? Because we all know sometimes our ego emerges and gets in the way. And that's not very helpful. So if you're saying, yes, it really does matter, then I I suggest you ask yourselves the five whys to get to the root reason that it really matters. Because anytime we get to the root reason, it propels us to want to do some action. 
So the idea of five whys is something you probably heard before. It was a technique that was originally developed by Sakichi Toyota, who worked within the Toyota Motor Corporation during the evolution of its manufacturing methods. And it's often used in Kaizen or Lean Manufacturing or Six Sigmas. But it's simply this. You say, make a statement and then you ask the question, why? And then you answer it. And then you ask why to your answer. And then you continue to do that at least five times. And what happens is you get deeper and deeper and deeper to the real root issue or problem, or in this case, reason. So let me give you an example using my own experience here. I say I'm falling behind and I need to master an online collaboration tool. And then I ask myself why. Because I want to do more virtual teamwork and we need a way to recreate the use of post-its and whiteboards virtually. Why? Because doing some teamwork requires the ability to collaborate visually. Why? Because we can all see what's happening and make connections. And so I get to the root reason of why does it matter? Because we're working virtually and we need to be able to make connections and do the work together. And that will drive my reason and reinforce it's not just an ego thing or a jealousy thing or a competitive thing. It really does matter because in order to do this work well, I need to be able to do that. So if you're helping yourself or your team or an individual on the team really get to the does it matter, ask the why questions and you'll quickly realize either it really does matter and you'll have a driving force behind why why to make a change, or you might realize it doesn't really matter as much as we thought. So anytime you find yourself saying, I should, or maybe you hear a team member saying to you, I should, ask yourself this, do I want to do it? Or, and do I need to, to do it? And if I say, I don't really want to do it, and I don't really need to do it, then you're just shooting yourself to death, right? And we want to stop that. We want to let go of those things. But if instead we ask ourselves, do I want to? And you say, I really want to do this and or I really need to do this, then it changed the word from I should to I want to or need to. And that just begins to change the way we look at it from something we're forced to to something that we're choosing to do. As we think this through, when we do want and need to make a change, we've also got to be realistic with our time because we can't know and do everything all of the time. Sometimes we have to pick and choose what we do or when we do it. So we might be falling behind or our team might be falling behind in something, but it might be like, okay, we need to keep our eye on this, but right now that's okay because there's something else that's more important. This is also where it really comes in handy to have a team that's diverse, that brings different skill sets and perspectives to the table. Because where team starts to fall behind, you can utilize the different strengths of the team to be able to balance that out. So for example, if you as a leader feel like you're falling behind in a certain skill set, maybe you're not as organized and you're looking at the calendar and what the team is doing and you realize you've been so visionary about where things need to go, but you and the team are falling behind with actually doing some planning and putting that down to paper. So you lean into a team member or team members who are really good at structure and organization they're really good at looking at the details and creating a project plan. And so you might personally feel like you're falling behind there, but you can lean into the strengths of the team to move it forward. The other thing you can do if you feel like you're really falling behind and it matters is think, do I have to be the one to do this or can I hire someone to help me? So whether uh, it's someone on the team or you hire someone new to the team, but is there someone else who's already really good at a skill set that can help you out? 
So for example, for me in podcasting, I have content for it, but I don't know how to put a podcast together and do all the technical pieces and make it sound right. So I could learn that, but it would take me so long. It's better off for me to to hire someone to help me do the parts that I don't know so that I can focus on the parts that I'm good at. Another thing to keep in mind here as we put a lot of pressure on ourselves when we feel like we're falling behind is to recognize that the concept of seasons, right? That there's a there's a season for everything. And everything, you know, we love about the fall, for example, it it doesn't happen in the summer. There are different times of year where there's different things that we enjoy or that we focus on. And the work that we do in our teams can be the same thing. We can't necessarily focus on everything all of the time. There are seasons and times to do things. And there might be a season where your team or an individual on your team or you needs special attention in a certain area. And it might be a season. Maybe there there's a challenge that they're going through personally right now. Maybe there's a learning curve that they're having in work as they're learning to do a new skill or do something different than they've done before. And so there are times in lives when we're falling behind and it's seasonal and then we can catch back up. And we might realize sometimes that we need to postpone a goal or postpone a project um, temporarily so that we can catch back up and that's okay. So we are behind, but we have a plan to catch back up and move forward. So as you're thinking about these areas where you're falling behind and you recognize, yes, I am falling behind and yes, it does matter, just look for ways that you can rethink it or reframe it to be realistic, to be kind to yourself, to be kind to your team or to help someone on your team be kind to themselves, right? So falling behind doesn't have to be something where we beat ourselves up. It becomes an awareness, right? It becomes a, wow, I'm, I realize there's an area that I'd like to grow more or learn more or be doing more. And instead of that being a bad thing, like a weakness, it becomes a, ah, this becomes an opportunity for me now to turn that around and figure out how am I going to catch up or learn something or get better at something, maybe now and maybe in the future. And that's where we have to really think about it. So that leads me into our third step, which is, are we having realistic expectations for ourselves or for our team? Or if you're coaching a team member individually, are they being realistic? Because sometimes, especially if we're achievers, we put that bar so darn high, we almost can't get there. And then we just always feel bad, like we're falling behind because our bar is so, so high. So take a step back and look and go, is this realistic? What do you want to be able to do or know that you don't know already? So figure out what that is and then decide, how can I measure it? What am I really trying to accomplish here? How can I measure it to decide if I got there or not, right? Because if we don't have a measurement, we don't know if we ever got there. If I just say, hey, I want to get better at a collaboration tool, well, what does that mean? I mean, I could say I'm better than I was last week because I used it with a client. But is that really where I wanted to get? No. So how will I know? How will I be able to measure that? And then what's a realistic time frame? realistic time frame. I mean, I say that with emphasis because I think so often we think we can do a lot of things faster than are realistic. And that just causes us to beat ourselves up some more. So for example, for me, I want to get comfortable with a tool, with a collaboration tool, that comfortable enough that I can do basic techniques with ease and be able to guide clients through it without them feeling overwhelmed. Because these tools can feel very overwhelming. So I don't feel like I need to master it yet. And so I'm going to add that word yet at the end. So I want to get good at it, but I'm not worried about mastering it just yet. 
And another thing I want to do is I want to select just one tool to, to really get good at so that I can learn it and get comfortable in it versus trying to learn multiple tools at once. So for me right now, I'm kind of deciding between a couple. I haven't narrowed it down yet. I'm playing around to see what I like. And then once I do, I'm going to lock in on one and try to get really good at it. And for me, in the next six months, I'd like to be very efficient in one tool. And what that means is I can take a team through a series of collaboration events and feel confident that I'm doing it well and make it a smooth and easy process for them. So to me, that's realistic. I'm giving myself plenty of time and space. I'm, I'm only asking myself to get, you know, to get good at a certain number, not to know everything about it, not to master everything. But I've got a realistic goal that I think is meaningful. It's realistic and exciting to me. The fourth step and the final step is make your plan. So now that you know where you're falling behind and what you want to do and kind of what your goal is and how you're going to measure it, this is where the planning comes in, right? Because a goal doesn't happen unless we plan it out. So what will you do? Where will you get support? How are you or your team going to accomplish whatever it is you're trying to do? And then how are you going to hold yourself accountable or your team accountable? Or if you're coaching someone else on your team, how are you going to hold them accountable? So for me right now, I'm practicing with uh, Klaxoon and Mural. I've already mentioned that. And I'm practicing and I have a few different groups that I get together. So I practice on my own, but you can only go so far on your own. I get together with other people and I do practice sessions where we kind of fumble around and try new things. And it's a real safe space to learn. What I'll do after I after I practice Klaxoon a couple of times is I'll host a session in my online uh, forward community to teach others what I've learned, right? So it won't be a master class, but it will be a, hey, come on in and let me show you a few things that I've learned in a real safe environment where they can play around too. So when I know that I'm going to be offering a workshop like that in my forward community, it really kind of lights the fire under me and gives me a reason to learn something so that I can turn around and do that for other people. So it's, it's my own way of holding myself accountable to make sure that I actually learn it. What we've talked about today is this FOFB, this fear of falling behind that we all have from time to time, right? It's a part of being human. And when we catch ourselves feeling like we're falling behind, we've got to take ourselves through a four-step process. One, are we really falling behind? And does it, you know, and then if we are, does it really matter? Because we can't be ahead in everything. Is this something that really matters? And if it does really matter, and it matters right now for us, what is a realistic expectation or goal that we could set for ourselves so that we can feel like we're catching back up and then finally, what are we going to do? What's our plan so that we can actually do that? This is the process that I use when I periodically find myself in a place where I feel like I'm behind and I'm missing out or I'm not where I want to be. It's a resetting. It's a, a rethinking. It's a reframing. And I encourage you to use this yourselves. As leaders, there are probably many ways right now that you feel like you're falling behind because we're experiencing just tremendous amounts of change and stress in the work world and how we work in the world in general. And so being aware of this for yourself is really important. And then thinking about how the team collectively might feel like they're falling behind or when you're coaching an individual on the team who's a high achiever and is always feeling like they're behind and they want more. If you'll walk through these four steps, you can really quickly release the things that don't matter as much 
and refocus and spend the time on the things that do in a way that's realistic and meaningful, that encourages you, that inspires you versus beating yourselves up about it, right? Because it's just a way to have awareness that we have something new that we need to learn. My challenge for you is to consider an area that you feel like you're falling behind in right now and decide, does it really even matter? And if it matters, and it matters right now, get really clear on the whys. Do the five whys exercise and figure out why does it really matter? And this alone will inspire you to finish the steps of figuring out, okay, if it really matters and you have your whys, what can I do about it? What will you do? How will you set it up? And how will you hold yourself accountable? I'd love to hear more. So if you want to share your comments with us in the comments below the podcast, it would be fun to have a conversation about this with you there. I also ask you if you like this podcast, if this was helpful to you, to please share it with others and rate it. Uh, Rate it with five stars and let others know that you love it too. This is Leanne Rogers with Leading Better Teams, and it has been my pleasure to share with you four steps today that I find help me when I feel like I'm falling behind, and I hope you get to use these as well. Have a great day. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. As leaders, it's important that we all keep learning. Visit www.better-teams.com to learn more about the Better Teams model and how you can assess your team. I'd love to hear from you, so please connect with me on LinkedIn or through my website. And join Forward, my online community, where you can share, learn, and network with me and other leaders from around the globe. If you want more pragmatic ideas and tips to lead better teams, please subscribe and share this podcast with your colleagues. Thank you and have a great day.